never outside a shooting range. The only clear thought in his throbbing head was that he hoped he could still say as much an hour from now. The tap of Harrison's shoes sounded loud on the deserted pavement, but he ignored the rhythm, choosing instead to focus his attention on the shadows cast by the silver moon. Hunkering deeper into his coat, he passed cramped dirt yards boxed in by chain-link fences, the houses beyond them dark and eerily quiet. Twice he felt as if he was being followed, but when he glanced back, there was no one. At 1565 Monroe, he let himself through the gate and circled around to the back of the house. He knocked once and saw a shadow move behind the lace curtains. The door cracked. It's me, Harrison said, keeping his voice low. The door opened just wide enough to admit him. Were you followed? He was asked. No. She's in trouble. Harrison's heart quickened. What kind of trouble? Once she turns 16, he'll come for her. You need to take her far away, someplace where he'll never find her. Harrison shook his head. I don't understand. He was cut off by a menacing glare. When we made this agreement, I told you there would be things you couldn't understand. 16 is a cursed age in, in my world. That's all you need to know, he finished brusquely. The two men watched each other until at last Harrison gave a wary nod. You have to cover your tracks, he was told. Wherever you go, you have to start over. No one can know you came from Maine. No one. He'll never stop looking for her. Do you understand? I understand. But would his wife? Would Nora? Harrison's vision was adapting to the darkness, and he noted with curious disbelief that the man standing before him appeared not to have aged a day since their last meeting. In fact, he hadn't aged a day since college, when they'd met as roommates and become fast friends. A trick of the shadows, Harrison wondered. There was nothing else to attribute it to. One thing had changed, though. There was a small scar at the base of his friend's throat. Harrison took a closer look at the disfigurement and flinched. A burn mark, raised and shiny, hardly larger than a quarter. It was in the shape of a clenched fist. To his shock and horror, Harrison realized his friend had been branded, like cattle. His friend sensed the direction of Harrison's gaze and his eyes turned steely, defensive. There are people who want to destroy me, who want to demoralize and dehumanize me. Together with a trusted friend, I formed a society. More members are being initiated all the time. He stopped mid-breath, as if unsure how much more he should say, then finished hastily. We organized the society to give us protection, and I've sworn allegiance to it. If you know me as well as you once did, you know I'll do whatever it takes to protect my interests. He paused and added almost absently, and my future. They branded you, Harrison said, hoping his friend didn't detect the repulsion that shuddered through him. His friend merely looked at him. After a moment, Harrison nodded, signaling he understood, even if he didn't accept it. The less he knew, the better. His friend had made that clear too many times to count. Is there anything else I can do? Just keep her safe. Harrison pushed his glasses up the bridge of his nose. He began awkwardly. I thought you might like to know she's grown up healthy and strong. We named her Nor- I don't want to be reminded of her name, his friend interrupted harshly. I've done everything in my power to stamp it out from my mind.
I don't want to know anything about her. I want my mind washed of any trace of her, so I've got nothing to give that bastard. He turned his back, and Harrison took the gesture to mean the conversation was over. Harrison stood a moment, so many questions at the tip of his tongue. But at the same time, knowing nothing good would come from pressing. Stifling his need to make sense of this dark world his daughter had done nothing to deserve, he let himself out. He'd only made it a half block when a gunshot ripped through the night. Instinctively, Harrison dropped low and whirled around. His friend. A second shot was fired, and without thinking, he ran in a dead sprint back toward the house. He shoved through the gate and cut around the side yard. He had almost rounded the final corner when arguing voices caused him to stop. Despite the cold, he was sweating. The backyard was shrouded in darkness, and he inched along the garden wall, careful to avoid kicking loose stones that would give him away, until the back door came into sight.